I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. The squads have been announced, and we have to be. Look, I'm being honest. There is. I did not expect this many changes. I did not expect this many changes. I will say, Freddie's or that like bravery to make this many changes before game two. If he if it pays off, he's an absolute hero. Like he's an absolute hero. But if it doesn't pay off, wow, he's put his balls on the line. Now there's no questioning. There's no questioning his coaching now. He's been fantastic the last few years for New South Wales. Uh, but when you make these changes, it's so often coaches say once they get in the field, there's not much we can do. But when you make this many changes, it's going to affect the way they play. Like it's not like he's going to if he picked the same squad as the first uh, game one and went into game two, you could make the argument that that group of players just didn't really do what he needed them to do. Whereas this, with so many changes, it's it's drastic. It's big. I like some of them. Some of them I'm a bit surprised at. Guru, give me a first thoughts on the New South Wales Game 2 squad. Yeah, well, there's two ways to look at it. You know, either Freddie swallowing his pride, admitting where he went wrong, which mm. I think not enough coaches do. Mm. But then there's the other side of it, that this game of musical chairs going on, it could really damage Blues culture. I think we'll know in a couple of weeks. Uh, but, I mean, even if they do win, it does send a tough message to everyone. In the future, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm torn on it. I'm, I mean, all the changes he made, or most of the changes he made, I'm not, I'm not against. Some of the guys that have come in, I'm very surprised by. I'm sure we'll get to those, uh, but yeah, I, we'll see what happens over the next two, three weeks, I guess. Timmy, yeah, look, I wasn't thrilled about it, and like the guru, the changes made, I don't dislike, but I just don't think the Blues lost game one. In the selection room, they lost it on the field. I thought the team picked wild. There's a few things I'd have had differently personally. Mm. Like I don't think we were. I thought the team selected wasn't that far off the mark. <coughs> we lost the game by one try. Mm-hmm. We didn't play very well. Queensland were tremendous. It just screams of panic to me, uh, and I don't think it needs to happen. We've won what three of the last four series. I know there was a couple of forced changes with Jackie White and getting COVID, but just big, big changes that. Like, just relax. We weren't that far off Queensland in game one. Yeah. Reset. 
get over to Perth. It should be a nice dry surface, really conducive to our, our style of footy. Um, and we'll see how it plays out. And again, we, we've questioned Freddie before and come out a, a game later and said he's a genius. So let's see. It's interesting. I mean, if Isaiah Yo was a metre further down the field <laughs> on the last play and the Blues win, do we see any changes? And that's the argument against the changes. It's yeah. like, you know, or if that uh, Tupo pass to Teddy isn't considered mm. forward, do we have any changes? Uh, yeah, mate, it's, it's really interesting. Matty, what do you think of this as a New South Welshman? Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of deja vu because last time we went to Perth, he, he made seven changes as well and everyone kind of said the same thing. He, he's crazy. And that time he was proven right. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one. I don't, I don't really know what to think because I know we can, like, probably by the time this podcast releases, they'll have the 1-17, to 17, but I'm, I'm struggling to, like, figure, like, the way I'm looking at it, the bench could be totally different, like four people who weren't even playing game one, mm. which, is, um, which is pretty crazy. I like the addition of Matty Burton. That's... I'm happy with that one, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's a tough one. Yeah, it's really interesting because, and I, I'm I'm I don't I'm kind of with you guys. I'm I'm really unsure where I sit on this, and I think that comes from the fact that, you know, Freddie is good at what he does. He's proven it. You know, what three of the last four Origins, he's developed all these players into incredible players. So he he deserves, I guess, the the respect of. Maybe I don't understand or agree, but I know that you know footy probably better than I do. I will say, and I'm, again, I'm not sure where I land on this. This is just musing, just, a, just a, a question that I've been thinking about a lot. Is like, even if New South Wales go on to win game two, like, what is it, like, the, the building blocks going forward, it kind of feels like each year it's just reset. Like, you're basically fighting for your spot each year. And I understand that mindset, that mindset of it's the best of the best each game, that's the way we go. And, and that mindset can work because it's like a very winning mindset. You make sure that everyone that's coming in, they expect a really high standard. If you don't meet that, then you don't get to come along. But I guess my, my worry, if, if it doesn't work out, is each year, where, who are the building blocks in that team? Like, where is the core? Now, you could argue, well, look, he's always going to stick with Cleary, Luai, Cook most likely, even though Appy's been brought into the squad. Yo seems to be there a long time, so you, and Tedesco would be. So you could argue that the spine of the team is the same, and that way you can make mass changes. But I would, I would say, look, we've only really got a bit of evidence of a dynasty, and that was with that Queensland side. Now, to be fair, they were in an extremely lucky time, and I don't think, in my lifetime, I don't think we'll ever see that amount of future immortals all come through one after the other. But I will say the one common denominator that we could really look at in that Queensland dynasty was they really built a, a foundation of players and then slowly slotted in guys here and there, even if they weren't playing good at club. And I, what, my concern for New South Wales is, is that, OK, let's say they get the win this week, this, this year, then what will happen in, like what happened in 2020? They get told, worst team ever, then they have a bad year. You know what I mean? I, I'm worried that it'll become inconsistent for New South Wales, where they'll blow Queensland off the park for a year or two, then they drop the ball, and then they, they reset again, blow New South uh, Queensland off the park. What, do you, what are your thoughts about that musing? Again, I don't know where I stand with it, because I can understand the standard of, like, if you're good, that's, you get selected. But I also think that sometimes you've got to have a core group of blokes. I understand, obviously, we always want to compare to the eight-in-a-row mm. side and how they did it, but fuck, it's unfair to compare to that group. Like, as you said, they had four or five immortals in that team, and, I mean, you go back and you have a look from the scores and those series, and... Queensland were dominant throughout years, but throughout series, they were always close. 
Absolutely. There was a lot of series there where the Blues were close. And if you give us one of Smith, Thurston, Slater, GI, I reckon we probably jag a series or two in that eight years. Yeah. It, we wouldn't have turned it. It probably would have been 7-1 or 6-2 or something yeah. along those lines. But I, I find it hard to compare to But you don't think – like, take result out of it mm. and more look at, like, Queensland had a system that they really strongly stuck with. Players were playing really poorly at club and they would still select them. Now, I understand there is a different uh, – it's different because we had Cam Smith, Cooper Cronk, Billy Slate. And I mean, it's endless. It's endless. But I do think that you can take some things out of it, you know, some things that worked really well for them. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I would say that the approach, you know, as you said, the way that Freddie's doing at the moment is seemingly like it, – it's like you can lose your spot at any given moment, mm. yeah, outside of a select few. And on paper, I don't have a huge – problem with that mm. if you're going to stick to that but then I look at a guy like Josh Hadokar who I thought played unbelievable footy six weeks leading into origin mm. and he loses his spot yeah. he now can't get a spot in this team when you've got Victor Radley who's out for another four weeks from what the Roosters are telling us yeah he's and, in this squad and what's interesting about that is like so on one hand it's been this really high level of like you have to be at this level or you're not in the side but then, you know, and this is no disrespect to Tarek Sims. He's a fucking great player. The Storm have signed him, so he clearly has something about him. But he wasn't playing the best at club. And he that, and, and Freddie was loyal to him, so it's like a bit of mixed signalling. And that's what – it's the mixed signalling. Mm. Yeah, it's either if you're not playing well enough, you're not in the team. And mm. I love that then every Blues player has to be at this standard to be there. But Freddie's been a bit wishy-washy with how he's done it. Mm. Sims has got there without being at that standard. Fox has missed it. Granted, for guys that were playing good football mm. – but, yeah, it just – I love the idea on paper, but he's not really following it through in reality. What do you reckon about that, that musing, Timmy? Yeah, look, I like the attitude of getting rid of complacency and, and these veterans who think they should be in the team and dropping them to say as a wake-up call and saying, this is the highest standard, we need to be at it every single week. I like that at NRL level where it's a long season and players can get a little bit complacent and, mm. and they get given a week off to, you know, sort of as a wake-up call. Uh, and to try and keep them at the highest level throughout the season. At Origin, it's like you don't need extra incentive to get players up for games. It's Origin. If you're not up for that, mm. you know, so, you've got screws loose in your head. Mm. Um, so I just think that attitude of, you know, you know, like if we'd been beaten by 20 in game one, mm. cool, you make changes because there's something wrong and things need to change. But we didn't. We're not that far off the mark. Uh, so I just think it's a very harsh attitude. And then you've got blokes coming, particularly debutants and blokes who haven't played many games. Crichton will play his second game, his first game's a starter. Now coming in going like one or two stuff-ups, I'm not here game three, mm. as opposed to having the backing of the coach going, mm. all right, you know, I've won this spot, mm. should have for a little bit, time to prove myself. Um, it's, it's very tough on them. As well, like you look at Crichton, for example. Now Crichton came on and he, he made quite a few errors, unfortunately. But he's been given the grace of another opportunity. Staggs didn't really make any errors. And he hasn't been given the grace of another opportunity. So that's, that's where it's, it's, it's really hard to gauge where, you know, where is the baseline of, of, of selections and, and what's, the, what's the principles that we select on? You know, what, what is the principles? And it, it seems like, you know, he, for certain players, he sees something else. that he, You know what I mean? He's seeing different things for different players. So, look, again, to be really clear, though, if, he, if they go out there and kill it, because we have to remember, game two, 2019 in Perth, yeah. he made massive changes. And mm. everyone, I remember when it happened, everyone was going, Freddie's lost his mind, Freddie is this, that, and the next thing. 
And what did they do? They go out and absolutely belt Queensland uh, and go on to win the series, don't they? Yeah, that was the Teddy try the next game. Yeah, Teddy try the next game. So there is form for Freddie that he sees something that most people, most analysts don't see. And there's a real likelihood that, who knows, they go over there again, game two, and kill it. And we're all sitting there going, you know what, Freddie, you're a bloody mad genius. What are the chances of that happening? He's, he's got it in him. There's mm-hmm. no denying. And that's why, like, you're very hesitant to be too critical of this because he has got runs on the board. Uh, I think the hardest thing is to, and, like, respectfully to Queensland, I think you understand where I'm coming from. Like, New South Wales should be winning this series. We've yeah. got an NRL team right now that is probably the most dominant we've seen in a long time. They've got both the halves. They've got the lock four. They've got the beating heart of... I think it's coming up to being one of the most dominant NRL teams we've ever seen, full mm. stop. Like, I just... Yeah, it's so tough to work out how this is all going to play out. But, I mean, if you are Ryan Madison, if you're Katoni Starks, you'd just be shattered, wouldn't you? Oh, you'd be like, devastated. I just, devastated. And also, if you're like Nico Hines, you'd be going, 18th minute again. I can't even get that. <laughs> are we confident he will be 18? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he'll be. The, the reports are that Appy Coruscant will get that 14. And uh, Hines will be 18 again. Now, I actually like Hines as an 18 because of head knocks to your halves and blah, blah, blah. And usually it's your halves that get the head knocks from foul play because they're trying to take him out or whatever. What do you reckon? What are the chances? Do you think that in Freddie we trust, he's done this before? Mm. Or do you think that, ooh, might be a bit too much too soon? I'll give Freddie the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Because I've doubted him before and he's come back and produced plenty of successful series for us. Um, Going back to that 2019 game one to game two with the mass changes, the name that stands out there that flipped it on its head, that didn't play game one, that played game two was Tom Trebojevic. Yeah. He came out and put, put in one of the, the all-time origin performances with a hat-trick of tries. Mm. So while there were mass changes, he was one of them, and he's probably worth like about 20 points. He's that good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> just on Katoni Staggs, I mean, it's, he's been dropped for two players essentially because Jack Whiten's gone, Crichton's come off the bench, um, like, Katoni Staggs, looking back at game one, I didn't think he did a thing wrong. He mm. played, what, was it 40-odd 40, 40 minutes? Uh, yep. He was solid defensively, a couple of good runs in attack, looked quite powerful, as he normally does, and he's been dropped as a result of it, went off with an injury. Um, I find that so, so harsh on Katoni Staggs, and f- what that'll do for his confidence, it's got to be horrible for him, doesn't it? And uh, Well, he's gone from the second-choice centre to fourth, fifth. In a week, yeah, which is crazy. And like, because he, he got injured, because he, yeah, and he, you know, he wasn't bad on the weekend for a player. Again, not a knock on Stephen Crichton, but he came on and he had some horrible moments in that game. Mm. I know we've spoken about it. He was playing in a different position as, in terms of in the utility off the bench, but he came on in his familiar centre position and he had yeah. some shockers. And Staggs has been dropped for that. Like, mm. oof. That, and that's what I mean is like when you look at the two centres that you know the, for the minutes they played, you'd probably say Staggs had a better. You know, better uh, run than Crichton did. Yeah, definitely. I think. Do you think it's the Penrith thing that has really helped him with that connection of like? And Freddie's just gone. You know what? I'm going all in on Penrith because when you look at it, you've now got Burden obviously been in the Bulldogs, but he's played way more footy at Penrith. Mm. You've now got Crichton, Appy at 14, Crichton at centre, Burton at centre. You've got Yo, Cleary, uh, Luai. Like that's (laughs) like what are you looking at? Like six, six or seven. Penrith players, do you think Freddie's just gone, you know what, I'm going that core Penrith boys because they are so dominant, as you said, and that's been a reason for it? I think so. Mm. I think for sure. I'm not, I'm, and sorry, man. I, 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 I don't think he's silly to do that either. 
to be honest with you, like if you have got a team that is going so well in the NRL, why not lean into it yeah. in the Origin Arena? Well, look at, like, again, I know you don't like to compare, but we lent into Melbourne Storm massively. Mm. Yeah. Which, so you should have. You'd be stupid not to. Yeah. 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 Which, I mean, mate, even New South Wales during that period, we tried to lean into Melbourne. Yeah. The amount of guys we picked that weren't part of the big three from down there, mm. uh, we just didn't have that three that we needed, though, realistically. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> like, hindsight's a great thing, but if you're going to go heavily on Penrith and bring in all these, sure you just do it from game one, don't you? Mm. Like, it was, what, three weeks ago? Not that much has changed since then, has it? Yeah. It, it's, it's really interesting. Um, I think... I just think it's it frust- I just trust Freddie. You know, obviously I'm a Queenslander, mm. but I just think like, look, he's he's seeing something that we're not seeing when it comes to in camp, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, let's get into the actual specific selections. But before we get that, brought to you by Bloke Beer. Here is twelve stores in the spotlight: Ashfield Moor Cellars, Lake Macquarie Hotel. Uh, they both have the midi. So Ashfield Moor Cellars have the mid strength. Lake Macquarie Hotel have the mid strength. Go give it a try, guys. It's incredible. Kirk on Harris, Piermont is the rest now. If I don't say they don't have MIDI, they don't have MIDI. But if I say they got MIDI, they got MIDI. Kirk on Harris, Piermont, Tea Gardens Hotel, Bondi Junction, Engadine Tavern, Topstrop, Rossmore, Paddington Tavern has the MIDI. Uh, and I think they also have the OG. Uh, Blind Tiger Bar, Everton Hills, they have the MIDI. Eagle, Eagleby Plaza has the MIDI. Saltwater Creek has the MIDI. RQ's Tavern has the MIDI and Kira Beach Bottle Shop Tugan has the MIDI. As always, guys, if you love this content and you really enjoy it, the best way to support it is to grab a case of beer. That's how we grow. If we, that's how we keep this like super ad-free. So grab a case of beer. It's a beautiful, easy-drinking beer. Now let's get into the specific choices. Now, Matty Burden, let's get all the obvious stuff out of the way. Played with the Panthers, won a premiership, reigning M Centre, is in extremely good form. But I also do really like the selection of Burton in a reaction to game one, if you're going to just look at it like that, because Cleary's kicking game was nowhere near where it was game one, uh, where it was during the season in game one. Now, Matty Burton comes in, all of a sudden Queensland have two players that have to kick pressure. And I wonder whether Freddie has lent heavily into that thinking, look, if we go into game two and once again, they are just sprinting out after Cleary and hitting him, we put Burton on the other side of the ruck Boom, zing, zing him the ball. And all of a sudden, he's putting up these crazy torpy bombs. Do you think that that has lent a lot into his selection? As I said, we're at, Bank, we're, we're at the SA Combank and, mate, there was one bomb that he put up. We were pretty high up as it was and I still had to watch it go up. <laughs> I've, it, like, Lockie, Freddie, GI, these sort of guys could hit balls sweetly. I'm not convinced that one I saw the other day wasn't the best hit ball I've seen live. Mm. It's incredible. And you made a really good point to me yesterday. I'll throw over to you about his left foot and his mm. spirals. Yeah, it's just really interesting that there's not a lot of left foot kickers in the NRL, particularly these, these fellas with the big, big boots and these big bombs that we see. Mm. Not only is he producing these monster torps, but doing it off the left foot, the ball's actually spinning the other way, which means when it's dipping and you're trying to catch as a fullback, it's going the other way. So mm. if you're sit there, sitting there at training and you're getting your heart as a fullback, winger, getting your halfback to send these big torps up yep. for you to prep for Matty Burton, you know, probably 95% of those kickers and halves will be right foot kickers. And they do, they, they dip in a similar way depending on what foot you use. When they get to the game, Birdo's doing it off his left foot, and you're getting under it, and it swings two metres the other way. Like, yeah. good luck. Oh, mate, it's <laughs> such a weapon. It's such a weapon. And I think, like, a lot of kids now growing up are going to be taught, mate, I want you to spend 20 minutes a session just putting those bombs mm. up. Because you want to get to a point where they're so comfortable 
that they kick torpy bombs just for length kicks. Yep. You know what I mean? You want it. You mm. want it so good that they can they can essentially be not as good as soccer players, but really comfortable with their feet. Really comfortable with their feet. Um, so look, I understand selection. I will say, I will say, you the the negative could be you lose a bit of that fucking brute power that Katoni Staggs had or Latrell Mitchell or Tom Trebojevic. Uh, Matty Burton, although he is strong for his size, no doubt, he's still uh, developing physically. And, you know, I do think that his silkiness makes up for his size. But I wonder, do you think that they lose a bit of oomph coming out of their end with a Burton there? A little bit. But, mate, I, like, watching him live yesterday, like, he, he has got a bit of just fuck you about him mm. and I, I, I like that about him I, I obviously Latrell. I'm sure we'll talk about him soon I think he would have been the best pick mm. in this spot uh, but man, I, I, from watching Burton over the last you know two years or so and yesterday was actually the first time I've, I've ever seen him live because of COVID and when mm. he started and whatnot. I, I was really impressed and it didn't after watching him live it didn't overly shock me that he was picked last night yeah okay okay what do, what do you reckon do they lose yeah. a bit of uh, meterage out of their end they do, but it's not our issue, is it? We've yeah. got Toto, Tupu, Teddy. That's like as good a back three you'll get for yardage in an NRL roster, basically. Yeah. I mean, we've got, they've probably got the two best yardage wingers in the NRL, and then Teddy is a fullback. He'd be pretty close to number one as well, wouldn't he? Mm. So, so not an issue for me. And he said that added the, the class in the end of that back line. And the fact he comes in and plays outside Luai and sort of reignites that d- defensive edge that they know each other's games inside out. Uh, that's very will be very comforting for Freddie Fitler to know going, I can trust these blokes to do a defensive job mm. because they've done it together for a couple of years. When, when we heard the rumours of Burton getting back in, did you think Fox was going to follow, considering the combination they've got at the moment? I, I Yeah, I thought Fox would get the call back in because of the energy that he brought, and I thought, you know, Freddie would just have to make that extremely tough call to Tupo, even though he has no reason to be dropped and just say you know what it's it's not even about on the field it's actually about off the field that you know fox has been a core member of this group for so long we missed his energy uh but i can also that, that's the hard thing though is because you freddie picked tupo and he thought he could do the job he played well game one so if if you do pick him game one you've probably got to stick with tupo because it's like what, what did tupo ever do if you don't if you believed in him game one but you don't believe in him game two it's like he played good in game one, so you would believe in I him I mean, more. as much as that would have been a tough phone call, would the phone call have been that much different to Regan Campbell-Gillard? Yeah, look, no, you're right. Um, again, that's 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 when we were amused, like discussing before. It's like, that's where I'm a bit unsure. Yeah. I'm hard to find a common thread between all the selections. It like, feels like each one is different. Like the phone call to Staggs, the phone call to Matto. Mm. I mean, they would have all been pretty similar to ringing Daniel Tupu, I think. Yeah. Yeah, look, it's interesting. Uh, I just Fox has got to be devastated, surely. I mean, I know he'll cut, like we saw. He's a fighter, and there's a reason why he's one of the best wingers of this generation, if not the best. Uh, you know, you could you could argue he's up there with you know Bmos and all of that. Uh, but yeah, he's got to be. Do you reckon? Do you reckon he'd be hurting right now? Like, obviously he'd be hurting. But do you reckon it's really hurting? Like, fuck me, what have I got to do to get back in this side? And what did I ever do to not be in the side? Oh, I thought it was interesting. Did you see that that clip last night that Freddie, he was at the stadium last night and he met Burton after the game as he yeah. came off and he sort of said, are you ready? 
Like, and where Freddie was standing, Fox would have had to have walked past him yeah. at some point. I, like, I, I wonder That's if there would have been a tough moment for Fox or he would have thought, fuck, Am I in is he here? here for me? Yeah, yeah, but then, for sure. I'm not sure if you saw, but the footage of them celebrating when they announced Matt Burton was there, mm. the first guy to get up and hug him and get around him, yeah. Josh Adokar. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what's crazy? It's like, that's what he means to groups. Yeah. So it's like, it's almost like that's why he should yeah. be. And it didn't shock me in the slightest. He was the first guy to be up and the one yeah. that was the most excited for him. What do you reckon? Do you reckon, he, do you reckon this could affect his confidence or do you reckon he's such a superstar? No. I think he's already shown that in the few games since he was brushed from origin, how good he's been. His game's gone to another level. And it's a funny one. When you're talking about the Blues sort of not picking and sticking and making changes and whatnot, <clears throat> and what that does to players' confidence coming into the team and out of the team. Like, I had Adoko in my team for game one. I'd still have him there now. But if Freddie was to drop Tupu after game one, like, he didn't just, like I said, Tony Staggs held his own. <coughs> Tupu was one of our best and yeah. could not have done much more than he did. Mm. So it's like, if he dropped Tupu, the whole squad wouldn't even be going, my job's online. It's like, I could kill it and get dropped from this team. So he yeah. had to pick Tupu yeah, for game that's two. that's a good point. Like, that would be almost like, oh. what? But then what's crazy is, like, you could say the same for Fox before game one. Mm. Like, he's played so well at origin level to drop him is insane and what message does it send to everyone that the fox the heart and soul like the beating heart of your camp that doesn't get selected uh yeah it's it's really tough and you know what it's like it's really easy for us to sit here and speculate the job freddie has is so intense and like think about the pressure on that bloke's shoulders like they did this uh game one they were doing crosses into the the box i was like leave the man alone (laughs) I was like, do, do they understand the whole state is riding on him? Yeah. And they're like, so, Freddie, how do you feel? Yeah, well, I feel fucked, mate. We just got a try scored against us. Um, I saw an article that was like, oh, Freddie's frosty. It's like, what the fuck would you <laughs> expect? He's got the, 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 like, do they understand the pressure that this bloke is under? Like, think about there is hundreds of thousands, if not over a million people, talking about decisions that he made, positive or negative, a lot of negative out there as well. He's the one that has to live with that. Like, so it's uh, very easy to speculate in that. But to be in Freddie's shoes, fuck, it'd be so tough. It's, so tough. Yeah, it's pretty wild at the moment. Like, if you look around the NRL, there's pretty much one or two players from just about every team that Freddie has dumped from his Blues squad mm. now. Whether you're Kotrick, whether you're Campbell Gillard, Matto, Staggs. Like, there's been a heap over the years now mm. of just guys that have played one or two games and have been... It's interesting. It's really interesting because, like, we, we just had a quick look at, like, the game, the selection since game one, 2018. And, and I just – when I look at game one, 2018, and I look at now, I wonder, has there been progress made, like, as a, a, a group together? I, I'm not sure. Like, yes, maybe. I'm not really sure. Like, are they, be, are they a better footy side each year coming into the game? Like, obviously, last year they were incredible. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. But, uh, look, I, I actually don't mind the selection of Burton. Burton's one where I could have seen... I could have seen Burton and Staggs start in the centres and Crichton, unfortunately, missing out. Not because of anything that he'd done at club or whatever, more because, like, he just was put in a tough position at 14. Um, you know, for example, if he had started Crichton over Staggs in game one, I could have seen Crichton keeping that spot yeah. and Burton mm. getting the other the other centre spot. I also like the Burton selection because of the positions he covers. Can play fullback, can play centre, 
uh, can play both seven and six if he had to. Can play uh, thirteen at a pinch, maybe. He could play one too. I wouldn't be surprised if one's going to be his best position. Yeah, whether so he ever gets there or he's not. Just, he's like for like for Jack yeah. White, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, abs- absolutely. You know, I, I would argue he's like where Jack Whiten may have him in aggression. He's probably a little bit silkier than than yep. uh, Jack Whiten. Yep. Uh, I will find it interesting though. Do you think that Freddie is going to use him similar to Tom Dravojevic? You know, I understand Tom Dravojevic is a beast in his own. But I, I actually do envision Burton being like a roaming 13 back to be the link man, it, but like on the other side of the field. So that basically, let's say Isaiah Yo, Cleary, and that are all set up on one side. I do envision Burton setting up on the other side and go, and sometimes calling a Burton play. Do you think that's a possibility that he plays similar to Tom Dvojevic in the centres? I think on paper, you know, you bring a debutant in who, like, really hasn't played that many games of first grade. Yeah. Well, he might be at 50. He'd probably be less than 50 still, mm. realistically. It's a big ask, but. I reckon Burton's got that sort of attitude and confidence within himself that he could handle a role like that. Whether mm. they do or not, I don't know. Oh, I'm always a big fan of it, but you, you always make good points about how it can affect yeah. your defence and everything on turnovers and where guys are, but I definitely think he could handle a role like that. Mm. What do you reckon, Timmy? Yeah, you know the chat of a, a roaming centre makes my hair stand on end. <laughs> I love it, the idea of it. Uh, whether or not Birdo does that, he's definitely got the game for it, mm. uh, but as Guru pointed out, on debut, uh, is it a step? too far in terms of asking him what to do but said he's in everything he's obviously extremely fit he can definitely do it um i don't know if freddie will want that from him but if he does start roaming around early on in this game mm. it's going to be very exciting. well that's the other thing because if you're assuming that appy's going to be in the 14 i don't think they'll use i think i think appy and cook won't be on the field at the same time yeah no. so that's where you could use a burton like you won't have that extra guy just playing yeah. sort of third and that's what i was kind of thinking is like you know, does he become like Benny Hunt to a degree when he stayed on the field and he was kind of roaming mm. around in the middle there? Uh, so, yeah, look, interesting and, and massive congratulations to Matty Burton. What I love about Matty Burton's season is he started pretty rough, pretty rough. And most young talents, they crumble under that pressure and it just becomes a shit year for them. They have to have a whole other preseason before they can find that confidence again. He turned it around like, like that pretty much. In two weeks' time, he went from really struggling to... You know, he's one of the form players right now. Last last couple of weeks at, at least. Um, so massive congratulations to him. Even from the start of his career in first grade, like, you got to remember, it wasn't that long ago we were going, oh, who's going to be the 5'8 for Penrith, Burton or Luai? They went with Luai. Like, that could, like, so many stories you hear about these guns coming through and then mm. they get overlooked for someone else and that can be it. Yeah, like, sure. He's just He's been incredibly resilient. Like, he couldn't find a spot in that Panthers side for a long time. Managed to get a shot at centre. Mm. Turned into the best centre in the rugby game. league, arguably. Yeah. Uh, and he had to fight for that. You have yeah. to remember, like, that was not... That was almost like he was put there because it was like we needed someone to fill an injury. Maybe he'll be okay. And then all of a sudden you're going, uh, he's actually one of the best centres in the fucking game. To make it even better, like, we spoke a couple of weeks ago when the Fox first got dropped that had he not left Melbourne and stayed at the Bulldogs, does he get dropped from that yeah. Blues team? Almost certainly not because he'd have about 28 tries for his name this yeah. season. Birdo's done it. Going from the best team in the comp... Two, at the time, the worst team in the comp in the sense that mm. two weeks ago they were coming last before yep. these massive couple of weeks. So he's been picked from, at the time, the worst team in the comp, basically. You wouldn't mm. say that now because they've been great. But yeah. that is, as it's a debutant, yeah. remarkable. Yeah, absolutely. In a, in a key position too, yeah. pretty incredible. You've got to wonder what would have happened if Canterbury would have just picked Kyle Flanagan in round one. <laughs> 
and instead of delaying, no, it's Guru, let's yeah. not go down there, Guru. <laughs> like, can you imagine if they did, and instead of them wasting the first month fucking around with six oh, different mate. halfbacks, if they never realised he's so good at fullback. Oh fuck! Don't get me started. But it's Guru. also like, imagine how much better Burton would be if instead of now playing his eighth week with Flano, if he was playing his fifteenth yeah. week with him, and, and they play trials, they're allowed to stand next to each other. Yeah. Oh mate, imagine how good he would have been if Flanagan had played a whole year at seven last year. <sighs> And Avrilo was at fullback the whole year. Oh, man. It is. Watching that script for it. Watching that game, I'm just going like, almost screaming at the telly because I'm just like, if Nuffy's like me and Gurino could see this shit (laughs) fucking a year and a half ago, how could they, like, and it was like they refused. It was was like everyone was calling it. Even people that don't really watch footy as in detail as we do was going, mate, just pick a seven and stick with it and put Avrilo at the back. Anyway, uh, we'll get to the Bulldogs because it's, it's a great turnaround. And I'll tell you what, Potter, fucking hell, he keeps it up, this up, re-sign it. He's been fantastic. And, I, you know, he's actually – yeah, we'll get to Potter. We'll get to Potter. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, now, uh, let's talk about Appy Coruscant. Uh, first of all, massive congratulations to him. He had that little hiccup last year. He's fought his way back into the camp. Uh, I think he will start at 14. That's all the reports coming out. And usually the reports are pretty accurate because – you know, Freddie, Freddie is in the media, so I don't think people... Like, for example, if, if Nine comes out with, this is a likely side, I don't think people would misrepresent Freddie like that because there is... You know what I mean? He's mate. Yeah. But, again, I could be totally wrong. Um, now, Appy at 14. Look, I like this. I was actually calling for this after game one. I really felt that they needed a traditional 14 that could play hooker. I've said it a couple of weeks in a row now, but the hooker has the most chance to change the game because he touches the ball first every single time they play the ball. Plus, he's in the middle in defence. I think it's a smart decision. I also think this allows Cook to just balls to the wall, mate, go as hard as you can. You do not have to worry about being gassed. What do you reckon, Timmy? Yeah, I'd, I'm on the fence with it. I don't love it. I don't hate it at all. I can completely see what Freddie's doing with bringing Appy in there. I would suspect it's probably a 50-30 split minutes-wise. Cook 50. Put it this way, I wouldn't <coughs> want Cook playing anything less than 50. Mm. And the reason I'd be against it is because... I think Cook is incredibly fit and I don't think he fatigues that much. Mm. Like, there's a lot of players who can't go the distance as an 80-minute hooker and be effective the entire through the entirety of the contest. Cook, I don't think he loses that much leg speed in the back end of games and he's so important to our attack that I'm more than happy to have him as our 80-minute hooker and keep him like that. So in that sense, we wouldn't need Appy. At the same time, as you just said, he doesn't have to leave anything in the tank while he's out there, Cookie, and he can just go hammer and tong at them, run whenever he sees an opportunity, and just be as electric as we know he can be. So with the injection of Appy off the bench, like it could be a masterstroke. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm not against the decision at all. I'm intrigued to see how it'll play out. I'd be happy with Cookie as an 80-minute hooker, but Appy's earned his way back in there. He was terrific on the weekend. Mm. So, yeah, good luck to him. What do you reckon? I like it. I feel like Cook, uh, I love him as a footballer. Great defender. He couldn't possibly leave me out of this side. But I feel like over the last few years, it's like he just hesitates a little bit out of dummy half. Mm. Whereas I look at that, like if you could put the, the ruck recognition that Appy has, like oh, I think he's the best in the game for identifying when your markers are just a little bit off mm. and just going bang, bang, bang. Like we, we, we saw that trial that he set up for Leota on the weekend, I think it was, like darting out to the left, coming back to the right, hitting them. I... I reckon that this might be, in a way, good for Damien Cook because yeah. he's, he's always had a mortgage on this jersey. Mm. All of a sudden, now you've got Appy in there. Appy could be on his way to winning his 
you know, second premiership on the trot, mm. I think you might get a, a response out of Damien Cook yeah. off the back of this. Look, I, I think you're going to see – If I think Freddie's going to say to Cookie, I want you scooting like a winger sometimes. Yep. So, like, even if the markers are set, go. Because we just want to get that, that high speed. Like, you go back to game one last year, the big difference was – Queensland were playing at one speed, New South Wales were playing at another speed, and New South Wales were on fast forward. It was like just constantly boom, boom, boom through the middle. And I think that's what they're going to do with Cookie is just go, we need to ramp that speed up even more. Any chance you get to run, and even if it's not a chance, just run. And I think that that's been the, well, that's been the problem when I watch Cook, whether it's South Sydney, New South Wales, whatever. He runs when there's a complete opportunity. Yeah. We just need him to go when there's a half opportunity. Because yeah. what happens then, he gets a quick play, but we get off the back of that. Mm, yeah. You look at when Harry Grant comes on, Sometimes he, he runs at the wrong moments. Mm. But because he's got such good leg speed, you see then at Melbourne, Jerome Hughes and Cam Munster, they just flood the middle. Yeah. And they all just take it on. I think that's what we need from Cookie. And I know that's what we're going to get from Appy. Yeah. Well, so, that's, what, that's what Tom Trebojevic brought to you guys game one last year. He was around the ruck constantly. Yep. So, like, as soon as Teddy took a run, guess who's in there? Oh, fuck, we've got one of the fucking greatest fullbacks ever running at us as well. After one of the greatest fullbacks before. And so I think that's what Cookie's gonna, job's going to be, is just, just, just increase the pace of the game. There was a moment in game one where Damien Cook got an offload and it was last tackle. And he had no choice but to run. Mm. He made, and he tried to put a kick in at the end and he almost missed his foot. It was a shocker. But it was the first time that he got the ball and just went, I'm just going to go straight, 100%. Yeah. Mm. And that's, oh, I think he needs to be doing that on your third and fourth tackles. You quite yeah. often see him, he gets an offload and he looks around to see where Cleary and Luai are. Mm. He just needs to go. Yeah. And just trust the boys will get off the back of him and they'll be on the front foot then. Yeah, it's interesting. Smitty um, was talking about a bit of hooker play like a couple of weeks ago and he was saying some hookers... They, when they get out, they're already thinking like, where's my player, where's my player? When you've just got to get out and go because yeah. that's where the space is. The space is there. That's where you're, you're trying to get. If, as soon as you start thinking about where's, where's my support, like I'm going to hit him behind, you've lost two seconds and that's the space is now gone. Whereas if you just go, you may not pass the ball, but at least you take the space. Um, Harry Grant's the man at it, isn't Oh, he? mate. Like he just, as soon as he sees it, it's like deer in headlights just looks out and goes, boom takes off yeah. and then as, exactly what you said and what Smithy said mm. he'll get to the line and then look up and go alright do I have options yep. a good team should have options yep. but he, he said he's taking that space immediately take the space immediately because regardless you're not going to have a dominant tackle on you because they they're not going to be ready for it so yeah it's mm. uh, and, and Harry Grant he must be a menace to defend I honestly reckon forward packs playing Harry Grant must just be like fucking <laughs> hell it's constant yeah. you cannot you cannot just say oh, up back up you just can't do that he just constantly breaks rhythms in defense uh but congratulations Coruscant Nico Hines look I think it's a test like let's say Nico Hines does keep that 18 role hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I actually, although, you know, I wish he would make his debut because I'm a big fan of Heinz. I think that is a big testament to how much Freddie does like him, you know, because he, like, with all the changes made, to keep Hines in that 18 role when you could move that around and give someone else experience. I think that's, that's a, a fair shout of how much Freddie thinks about Hines. So that's, that's really good uh, for Nico Hines. Now, uh, Liam Martin has been selected. Now, the reported team is that Liam Martin will be on one edge. 
uh, and it will be Cam Murray on the other edge. Now, you're probably lacking a bit in size and ranginess, but when it comes to workhorses, I mean, you couldn't get a much better locked edge. Yeah, I, I think it was um, Smithy that was talking to you about his kick chase as well. It's just unreal. And when you go and you look through the stats of game one, I think, he, I think he had seven runs for 31 metres or something. But if you actually go and watch the game and you watch <clears throat> the moments where Liam Martin got the ball, mm. I wouldn't say it was all entirely his fault, yeah, yeah. realistically. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I like Liam Martin still being in this side. He's just... He's an origin player. He's just got some some real grunts yeah. about him. He's just a go. Even the way, and we'll talk about it later, but young Volkman debuted for the Warriors on the weekend. Liam Martin was like the boogeyman for him. He just yeah. went at him all night relentlessly. Mm. Yeah. I love that about Martin. Timmy? Where yeah, just on Nico, he's a bit unlucky in that the Blues have Jackie White and Matty Burton who can who are our like, first-choice centres because mm. it's a pretty rare thing for a half to be also able to play at centre, and the Blues have two of them. Mm. So had they not had that, and let's say it was Katoni Staggs at centre, Nico's every chance to be on the bench because he covers the halves. But because mm. we've got them guys available at centre, they can cover halves if one of them two goes down. Uh, but he'll get his chance. Uh, Martin and Murray, happy days. They're, they're yeah. very reliable. You know what you're going to get out of them, don't you? Um, there's a bit of controversy around Murray off the bench in game one. They came out and said that he was coming back from injury. We didn't think he had 80 minutes in him. Fair enough. So it'll be interesting to see if Murray plays 80 in this game. And I think there's probably every chance he does. Yeah. I, I did find that surprising, them coming out and saying we didn't think he was going to play 80 because I was like, why would you name him then? Why wouldn't you just get on the front foot yeah. and just... Because like now you have to explain yourself. Yeah. Whereas if it you had said like a backtrack, to if yeah. if you had have said initially, look, we just he's on the bench because he hasn't played any footy. Everyone would be like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so that that was interesting. But you know, look, Greg Alexander is an honest bloke, so I, I doubt I doubt <laughs> that he'd be you know lying about it. But I do think what's interesting. Um, now, uh, Liam Martin, Cam Murray, yep, Jordan McLean getting called back in. Really interesting. Really interesting because, look, first of all, massive congratulations to McLean. I know we've spoken about him quite a bit with the Cowboys and how much his form has turned around. But when you look at, like, let's say you, do, you were to pull RCG out of the side, you think at least keep him in the squad. You know, RCG is still relatively young. I think he's only, like, what, 27, 28? Uh, pretty tough go on RCG. What do, you, what do you reckon, Timmy? I'd have picked RCG, and it's nothing against McLean. As you said, the, the fact that he, his career went... Not off whack for a few years there, but he was the Australian front row for a while yeah, there. Yeah, premier front row. Yeah, Storm. and then went downhill a little bit in, in the sense that he was not picking these rep sides. So to get himself back to a position now where he's getting caught into the blue squad, congratulations to him. Campbell Gillard, I think, I don't think he was the reason we lost game one. Yeah, we, we were beaten through the middle and he's an impact on that, but I think he played about mid-30 minutes, so not massive game time. Uh, you can drop. It's one thing to drop a bloke. It's another to drop a bloke entirely from the squad. I don't see why I couldn't stick with that squad, keep building these bonds, <laughs> yeah. go over the Perth with the boys. That's what I mean. That like mm. that. Like I would have. Like I understand team changes, but keeping them together is really important. You yeah. want to create that kind of bond. And on the weekend, RCG was incredible. He ran 250 meters, 15 meters, 95 post contacts, and 24 tackles. Like, and and what's interesting is so. Um, Junior, he ran for 229, 103 post contacts. So that their games weren't that different. Junior keeps his starting spot, as he should, 100%. Uh, whereas RCG just completely dropped from the squad. Very, very tough. Very tough. Oh, I could be wrong, but Jordan McLean hasn't played Origin, has he? No. He's played for the so. Kangaroos. He hasn't yeah. played Origin. So he's 30 years old. To bring in a front, to drop Campbell Gillard and bring in a 30 year old front row who hasn't played Origin, who 
Is, is anyone seeing him in the final 17? I doubt it. Doubt it. Like, yeah. it's a strange pick, isn't it? I, like, it's, it's not like you're setting yourself up for the future. He's, he's 30 years old as a front yeah. rower. I don't, I don't see what dividends is it going to pay. Yeah. Um, unless, unless, you know, Freddie has gotten word that McLean has been a big reason for Cowboys turnaround. He's very good at, like, motivating in that. I mean, you could even argue that Dale Finucane should have been brought in the, into the this, um, squad for that. You know, ha- countless people have come out and said, mate, I was in camp with Dale Finucane. It changed the whole way I looked at the game. I will, we'll say one thing. Guru, you're, so the 17 hasn't been announced to the Blues yet. Like, it will hopefully drop during the podcast. But what have you got? You've got Appy. You've got probably Talakai. The, the like, likely bench is going to be Appy, uh, Talakai, uh, Crichton, and Trevojevic. Okay, so the only... I don't think he'll be in there come game day, but they're missing a big body, aren't they, in yeah. terms of, like, from game one that we saw. Mm. So, you know, Junior Paulo played off the bench in game one. Um, so, yeah, it could happen. The, the mm. middle's there, obviously. Jake Trevojevic, who's not a massive bloke. Crichton's big enough. It spends a lot of time on the edge. So it could happen, but yeah. unlikely. Yeah. Uh, but massive congratulations mm. to McLean. Like, you know, he's worked his ass off and he has been good this year. Uh, now, one of the probably the most surprising of the lot, uh, and, and look, massive congratulations to Victor Radley getting called in because you know we we know he does have an aura about him. We know what kind he is built for Origin. He is built for it. But I don't even know if he's going to be back for at least another three or four weeks at club. So very surprised to see Victor Radley called into the squad. But I will say, if you are building for the future, and he is going to be there year on year out it's a great selection because it brings him into the squad it gets around the boys but as we were just discussing it it kind of feels like for some people it's been selected for the future to keep the boys together but then other people it's like you know RCG gets taken out of squad staffed. what do you think about the Victor Adley getting called in? I am the biggest Victor Adley fan in the world I'll happily admit that <laughs> yeah. and I still wouldn't have picked him mm. I just I don't I think the, the Roosters have got him down for around 19 return now that's Four weeks away, but we've also got rep round in between that. So that's essentially five weeks away. Mm. Let's say he returns four weeks early. He's still a week or so away. Uh, and I just think in the modern landscape, if six of these blokes get COVID and Radley can't come in, which, I mean, like, it's unlikely, I get it. But, yeah. like, if you do start to miss key guys, I, I just don't understand why you would have Victor Radley in there who cannot play mm. this, like, this coming Sunday. Yeah. I just can he train full contact? Oh, I'm not sure, but like if he's a month away from returning, even if he is training full contact, like would you not have been better off like a Dale Finucane or something? Dale Finucane, yeah, like no, no one's coming coming to mind for me right now. But I just it just seems like a bizarre sort of waste of a roster spot. If he hadn't been in New South Wales camps before, makes more sense. But he has been. Mm. He's done. I I think he's done two camps before previously yeah. with them. So I don't know. Is he a they're, they're, they're going to Perth. They're down. Is he just a personality to have in there? To try and lift. The, I like that's the I, only thing I can make sense. I, of it I, I think it's yeah. It's it's not the per, like it is personality. So bring in Josh Adakar. <laughs> I know. I know. It's 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 tough. It's tough. But he's seen some. Freddie's seen some. In Freddie, we trust. I, I do believe it's been purely out of energy that he's going to bring in the full mongrel and energy. What do you reckon, Timmy? Yeah, I think Freddie was just concerned uh, about his amount of ball playing locks available. So if Isaiah Yo goes down. <laughs> Cam Murray goes down, then Jake Jaboyevich goes down. Look, where are we going to turn? <laughs> Should have brought Jimmy Dimmick in as well. <laughs> no, so I just don't get it. As we said, even if he is fit to play, he hasn't played a game in that long. If he's 
brought into the squad for more experience and building towards the future, like, surely you can bring him over to Perth and not name him in the squad and do the exact same thing. But as a, if shit does hit the fan and there's injuries or COVID this week and they need to choose from that extended bench and he's one of the options there, there's got to be a Dale Fanoof or someone that's a, a better option. Mm. Um, as I said, I'm sure they can fly him over to Perth outside of the named squad if that's the thought. But, so it's interesting to get what Freddie's um, take is on why Radley's in there, but it does make a heap of sense, but good luck to him. Yeah, it's, uh, what's really interesting about this one is like, Latrell Mitchell, everyone was like, no way can he be brought in. He hasn't played any footy. And Latrell Mitchell is, is back pretty much. The only thing that held him back was the COVID. Mm. Even if Latrell wasn't going to play, you kind of feel like bring him across to help the two debutants because I know Crichton you know I know he come off the bench but this is his real like debut when it comes to starting the perfect bloke in the squad to help them learn is the best centre since Greg Inglis it's Latrell Mitchell and that's what's surprising to me that like if, if this is the case you've brought Radley in to bring aggression to bring energy which I understand that thought process I really do um, because he is a larger than life personality and he has something that a lot of other players don't. Like, tell me another forward that has the same mythology around him, the same Victor Adley does. But then you look at the trail and you're like, well, he's also like that. So why isn't he in the squad? Now, maybe maybe Freddie reached out and, and Latrell, you know, uh, couldn't make it because he's, he's away or whatever. But, uh, yeah, like, very interesting. But, you know, again... It's almost like this camp can do more for Victor Radley spending a week with Isaiah Yo than what Victor Radley can do for New South Wales. yeah. Yeah, maybe he's trying to boost his confidence or something. Which is a bizarre sort of, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to make sense of that one. Um, now, Joseph Sawali. Holy moly, he's killing it. He is a fucking beast, man. Mm. And it's just flying under the radar. I think like people are starting to no- take notice now. But he is so good. He's got such quality about him. Plus, his ability to take physical contact, like the big hits in through the middle. Every time he runs the ball, he skittles them. Every time. He's incredible. Uh, yeah, so look, so Ali, I totally understand that decision. As a matter of fact, like, if I'm Freddie, I'm just getting him ready mm. to make his debut as soon as possible because I, I think he's that good. He's that good. Uh, any thoughts on Suwali quickly? Oh, yeah, I'd always keep him in there now until until his time come, which... <laughs> Next year, could be. If they lose this, it could be game three. Probably will be going through, actually. Yeah. 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 If they lose, it could be game three. If not, game one next year, surely. Probably game one next year. Yeah. And, I mean, look, I think as we've realised, no position is really safe. Swali will be there game one next year, most likely, if he continues his form. Well, you'd have to assume. I'd like to assume Brian Toto will be there mm. no matter what, but seemingly that other wing spot, wing spot is, is up for grabs. So, Swali. Now, the, uh, the joker in the pack. Mm. Uh, Talakai gets selected now the reports are he will be on the bench uh, really interesting because I, I, even though Talakai has been solid the last few weeks I think he's been like he has been a bit quieter than he was at the start of the year but I actually don't mind the selection because he really can break the game open what are your thoughts Timmy on the Talakai selection yeah a little mixed on it because it's just come from in terms of this season it's come from nowhere this is a bloke who I believe didn't crack the Sharks starting 17 in round one this mm. year. Last year, he had a few chances for the Sharkies, had some great moments, but then would back up some horrific defensive moments. But to his credit, he's just turned his game on its head this season, both as a back rower and then now as a centre. Defensively, he's been excellent. He looks so fit, so powerful. He's, he's the perfect bench utility to have there because 
He can cover edge. He can cover middle. He can cover centre. You know, outside backs, you can cover wing there as well. He wouldn't play on the wing, but you could manipulate it around that. Um, and he's an X-factor off the bench. That, as you said, he can bust a game open. So it's an interesting one. Like my, my gut says maybe there's better options, but he's exciting to have coming off the bench, isn't he? Mm. I mean, uh, like as a Queensland Queensland up, it's, he's the kind of player where you go, fuck, if he's on, this could be a nightmare for mm. us. What do you reckon, Guru? Um, just to play a bit of... Uh, Blank resume. So I've had a lot of people say to me that he's been really quiet over the last mm. seven weeks or so. No, he hasn't. Um, he's been so solid. He's been last, solid. Yeah, so ever since, you know, that, that game against Manly, um, I've got him and then I've got a player B. I'll tell you who player B is after. Tries, Talakai scored one. Player B's had three. So he wins that one. Try assists, Talakai's had two. Player B's had zero. Line breaks, Talakai's had two. Player B's had one. Average run meters 167 for Talakai, 150 for player B. So he's beating him by 27 meters per game there. Post-contact meters, Talakai 74 per game mm. in the last seven weeks. Player B is at 50 post-contact, so he beats him by 25 there. Average tackle breaks, Talakai 4.5 in the last seven weeks. Player B is at 3.8. Missed tackles. In the last seven weeks, Talakai's missed nine tackles. Player B has missed 17. It's not an insult to player B, but player B is Val Holmes. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Wow. And that's not an insult to Val Holmes. I he should ins- 100% as a, as a be there. Queenslander, I feel insulted. <laughs> Good. I'm <laughs> glad you do. Because don't you dare <laughs> take the Lord's name, Lord Holmes, in vain after his incredible performance on the weekend. You piece of shit. How <laughs> well, dare you, Guru? How well, dare you? Well, that's the other thing as well. I mean, you look at... Average run metres, Talakai's got him by 20, uh, 17 run metres and Val Holmes ran 80 metres to score a try on the weekend too. Match so winner. Match winner, yeah. And look, I'm not, <laughs> I know, I know, I, I'm not I'm having a go at Val Holmes. I know, I, know. I know you know, I'm worried about them. Okay. Uh, I would 100% pick Val Holmes. I think he's one of the best centres in the comp. But just because Talakai isn't scoring three tries and having a million tackle breaks doesn't mean he's not playing good footy. To average 75 post-contact metres across seven weeks at centre in a team not doing overly well. Mm. Oh, that shows what he can do. And Freddie's not even going to use him as a centre. He's going to use him as a middle. I think he's going to get 25 to 30 minutes and he's going to be told just cause havoc. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I will say, like, even, you know, Staggs, although Staggs won the battle and I think he won it handily, you actually go back and watch that game and you look at Talakai's statistics. He was fucking one of their best, the, the Sharky's best. And I think sometimes, like, when a player has this, like, crazy game, everyone just expects that each week. And it's like, that doesn't happen. And since that crazy game, could you imagine the amount of homework that coaches are doing on him? And I don't care what you say, he's playing out of position. Mm. He's not a Mm. centre. He's a back rower. He is an incredibly good centre, but he's playing out of position. He's getting used to a new position. He played it when when he was younger, but that was six or seven years ago. Playing centre then and playing centre now, Mm. you're worlds away, realistically. Uh, So, yeah, look, that's the joker in the deck. That's, That's something that I look at. And I look at the bench and go, oh, that's a guy that can come on and do something special. It's kind of like when you look at our bench, you know, I know Carrigan came out and fucking was incredible, but I think Harry Grant was kind of that version for us where you're like, just a joker in the deck. You don't know what's going to happen with him. I'd love to see them put Talakai and Appy on the field at the same time. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Really, really interesting. Uh, now, uh, Jake Zvojevic, massive congratulations. I, I like this selection. I thought he was the heart and soul. Look, I, under- I understand why he didn't get selected for game one. You know, maybe... <clears throat> The game is a lot quicker now and, and all of that kind of stuff. But then when I look at game one and I say, what did they miss? 
they did they didn't miss hard because they defended their ass off. But I do think that Jakey really could have helped them in certain periods, just bring them together, calm either calm them down or, or lift them up. Uh, and so I think he I think he's going to be great in camp as well. Bring I just that that old kind of. Um, experienced player because when you look at the, the squad really you've got Teddy at the back but look, let's look at the forward pack Payne has rookie like rookie in context uh, like six, 60 or 70 games and you've got Liam Martin rookie in context compared to everyone you've got Jordan McLean who's not going to probably play you've got Cam Murray I wouldn't say he's a veteran yet I would say he's like he doesn't have the same standing in the game yet as Jake DeRoy but he's probably going to get there um, Junior Bolo, uh I think you know he, he is a veteran now, but he's not the same type of player as Jake Dubrovich. He's not that. He's a more actions guy. He's not a big talker. So when you look at that squad, you go, well, do they really have that old head that's going to talk to him and, and just get him in the right mindset? I think Jake Dubrovich can be that. What do you reckon, Timmy? Yeah. I, I don't love it. Um, I just think I'll contradict myself here a little bit because stats aren't everything in the NRL. We know mm. that, mm. but they do tell a bit of a story. <coughs> Jake Trebojevic has busted one tackle in 15 games this season. I busted more tackles fishing last weekend. <laughs> Honestly, he just... Like, it's one like one tackle in 15 games. And, and when Did we you sit, really bust more tackles than fishing? <laughs> no, I'm the worst fisherman on the planet. I'd throw a line into a pool and get some. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's I enjoy great. It, it's one of your best, Timmy. It's one of your best. Thanks, mate. Um... <laughs> And I, I just like when we sit there and preach about 13s and being like how the, the modern day forward pack, and we, we spoke about a game one with the selection with the Codders and Nanais and these sort of fellas about forward packs being needing to be a little bit more mobile. Mm. Um, I just I don't know if Jake Boy is, is the answer to that. If we needed a ball playing lock, mm. uh, he could slot in there, terrific. He has those sort of immeasurable sort of things, as you mentioned, like heart. His line speed's terrific. Defensively, yeah. he won't miss a tackle. He'll whack blokes and dominate the ruck. Mm. So they're, they're the things that stats don't cover. Yeah. Uh, and, and he'll bring a lot. And he's not going to let us down by any means. Mm. I just think when it could be like, say, a Ryan Madison coming off the bench, adding that X factor, I would prefer Maddo, who will also get about five offloads to his name. Um, but as I said, Gerbo's not going to let us down, is he? he he's, yeah. he's great. He'll be great for the boys. He'll bring a lot of passion, so... What do you reckon? Gary? Yeah, I lean more towards Tim's point of view that, I mean, two weeks ago, Freddie decided that I assume Gerbo was a little bit too slow for the new Origin Arena for how quick it was. He'd moved in a new direction. And once again, if Teddy scores that try, if Yo scores that try in that last play, I don't think Gerbo comes back into this side. Um, I'm not going to criticise him because I know he's a he's a born champion mm. and he, he will he will play well, I have no doubt about it. But I do think it's it's a strange move by Freddie to make a bold decision to not pick a guy like him. And then when we get within an inch of winning, suddenly rush him back into the side. Mm. But when you look at the other side of the card, all the stuff you mentioned, he's got more ticker than anyone in this squad. And mm. I just, I kind of felt like we didn't overly lack that mm. in game one, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, I'm torn on Jake. Oh. I don't think he deserved to get dropped in game one, but I understood why Freddie did it. And I think if he made that decision two weeks ago, potentially should have stuck with it. But if we're sitting here next Monday and we go, well, Jake Trevojevic got man of the match, mm. I'm also not going to be shocked. Yeah. Look, I, I, I place, as a you know ex-player, I've, I, there's just so many times where I've seen experience matter. Mm. Like, just so many times. And when you're a young fella coming through, you're like, fuck that. Fuck, experience this. Like, I'm young, explosive, and fresh. I'm fucking ready to go. (laughs) 
And then as the years go by, you go, you know what? That experience, that being there on the big stage, never let his mates down, that intangible quality, something that you can't measure. And like a perfect example right now is the Broncos. Like their squad on paper, you could argue, is worse than what they had two years ago. Mm. But there's been an intangible cultural shift Mm. at that club of blokes that are willing to fucking put their bodies on the line for 80 minutes of footy. I was super proud of the boys on the weekend. We'll get into that because I've got some things to fucking (laughs) say. Uh, and so that, that's just a good example of like a cultural shift. And Jake Trevojevic, he is a cultural shift. You look at Manly, they've been without Tom Trevojevic. I actually think Manly have been playing some really good footy for how much they've been having to deal with. They've, they've, you know, Croker has come out of nowhere. Not out of nowhere. He's been slowly building to this. But his game on the weekend was incredible. I think Jake Trevojevic has a lot to do with uh, Manly being able to still kind of like tread water and stay above float rather than just fucking collapsing. So that's why I do like the Trevojevic selection. Would you keep Jerbo on the bench or would you start him? I just, you know, he's the only front rower sitting on the bench. Would you start him and maybe bring, you know, Junior or Payne on a little bit I, later in the game? I, look, I know he's not, I know he's not as explosive and young as a Paddy Carrigan, but I would try to use him similar to the way Paddy Carrigan was used, where I want him flying out of line, fucking snapping blokes, go on there, just rip and tear. You know, we know you can go 80, so just go on there, rip and tear, just. Don't think about any ball playing. Don't think about, I want you to tuck the ball under your arm and just fucking go. Because um, I do think Jake Javoyevich still has that in him. I do think that, although I agree statistically, you know, it's not the best. And he's been a bit quiet this year. I do think he is a victim of a game plan that Manly really want to stick to. And he is not allowed to really, rep, uh, not allowed to play the way he wants to play. Mm. And that stifles him a little bit. Uh, whereas on the if you're coming off the bench, you're not the 80-minute guy just cleaning up everything. Rah, rah. You can just come and rip and tear, and I think there's a chance we might see that with Jakey. So assuming in this game, if all goes to plan and you know it's six all after 20 minutes, it's a typical origin where it's close, what are your first two subs? Are you taking off the front rowers and are you putting on Angus and Gerbo then? Yeah. What's your... Um, oh, you'd have to see how the like game's Assuming feeling, no yeah. HIA, no injuries, how do you play it out? Yeah, or, or you just, like I assume, mark. are we all in a grand satalakai? will be the third guy to come off the bench yeah. eventually? I'd probably have Jake as my first one because I know he can play long minutes and if something happens out there, yep. keep him out there. Then I'd bring Angus on and then Talakai at around the 30-minute mark or even, uh, yeah, look. Look, the, the, the thing with substitutions is like, look at Slater. He had this whole fucking plan for game one and it just exploded in his face. Mm. That's, a, that's a big part of Queensland's victory that doesn't get enough appreciation. We were decimated with injury. Yep. We got fucking annihilated, and blokes just kept turning up. So, uh, yeah, I'd probably go Jakey first to come on, just because he can play the longer minutes. So are you expecting Payne to play bigger minutes then in this game? Maybe, maybe, because yeah. I thought Payne was probably your best forward last game. I know he wasn't... Uh, as good as he is at club but I, I still think he was quite damaging in game one and he was the only one that was not the only one but he was really bending our line so I would be trying to squeeze a little bit more out of pain yeah he looked like oh, I'd never doubt pain Haas obviously but I mean he does look a little bit banged up at the moment yeah wouldn't you agree yeah oh yeah I'd agree with that like he doesn't have that same extra little punch that he had maybe at the start of the year what do you reckon Timmy yeah, interesting to see how it all plays out. I think you're right in that Gerbo Angus will be the first two to come on. Sifa, uh, it's like something Sifa will not even be close to having experience before because for starters he's been playing centre all season. He's also prior to that been an edge forward. He's, he's come on at times in the middle for the Sharks, but predominantly a second rower. So he'll be coming on, we believe, as a middle 
in the speed in the cauldron of origin so i think you'll get one 20 25 minute stint out of sifa where he'll just come on and go ham for that period and then yep. he'll probably go off uh, appy appy probably comes on do we think about 50 minutes 25 minutes in the second half then cook for the last 10 yeah or do you see him coming on earlier than that do they do they bring him on at thirty and keep him yeah, on for maybe. that middle bit? I don't maybe. think they're going to use two subs on these hookers. Personally, I think they'll use one. Right. Okay. So you think you think cooking to say fifty happy the last third? <coughs> I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I could see that and save that that substitution and just get cooked. Well, Cookie's not going to. Yeah. When you've got one front rower on your bench, I, I think that they're going to have to rotate those boys a bit. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Well, who knows? And Freddie, we trust. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started <laughs> 